Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. What a chat we were just having about the virtues of Cat5 Ethernet cables, <laughs> or rather the lack of virtue to those. Yeah, people, are, people are very dissatisfied with our service if we don't mention a router, a broadband hub or something. Well, uh, except there's... my wife, who threatens every time we talk about either broadband or David Shaw... Uh, to at, at the very best stop listening to the podcast at the very worst divorce me and take half of my things well as long as she doesn't take half of the podcast because that would be sort of self-defeating wouldn't it because then she'd have to listen to it or have to make it she could take me away it, yeah and then it'd be you and and kate and i have to say i'd love to hear a podcast of just you and kate uh, well i mean yeah i don't what would we talk about it'd be quite interesting i mean we could do an experiment yeah, we could do a if you could, if you were you know to step away for a week and just let us run it. I, I yeah, I think Kate's right. She's in the chat. Kate is uh, is saying yes. Can you imagine the ranting? Because we're both ranters. So well, yeah. I yeah. mean, you 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 both you're both glass half empty people. That's um, why it was. That was why it was fifty fifty whether you're going to marry me or her, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it was a good conversation, and, I, and I'm glad we had it in. It was very cheery. I think we should yeah. get on with some news, most of which uh, is relatively cheery uh, this week. We're going to start with uh, the BBC, which wrote this week that the government has introduced new legislation to protect smart devices in people's homes from being hacked. This obviously comes as very welcome news to me. As you'll recall from last week's episode, I've installed about a dozen smart home gizmos in our castle over the past month. Anyway, the Beeb continues to say that recent research from consumer watchdog Witch decided that's how I'm going to pronounce that. Yeah, because it's got a question mark. Yeah. Are you being served? Um, <laughs> it's research. <laughs> it's research <laughs> suggested homes filled with smart devices could be exposed to more than 12,000 attacks in a single week. The government separately said it, est- it estimates, on average, there are nine such devices in each UK household. Obviously, that's an average. That seemed like a very high average to me. Well, nine if you think about smart it, there devices. must be hundreds in some houses. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. Well, anyway, separately, it also cited Kaspersky research, uh, which showed that there were 1.5 billion attacks against Internet of Things products in the first six months of 2021. That's globally. Uh, But that in itself is a 100% increase since the same period a year earlier. Also, we do know that um, COVID, working from home, shelter in place, lockdowns, whatever the terminology is, it generally has increased people's spending on home devices so that has probably certainly fueled that um so it's also fueled the government's interest in legislating to make sure that these devices are not posing security risks for uh our citizens the population so it wants default passwords for internet connected devices to be banned um and firms that do not comply would uh, would face fines huge fines um i did actually get to this lower down uh the bbc 
said the new regime, the regime would be overseen by a regulator. I think we can assume Ofcom, right, Ian? Mm. Almost certainly I believe Ofcom. so, yeah. Uh, which would be appointed once the bill came into force. Um, and the, the fines in questions would be to fine companies up to £10 million, which is not a lot of money, or 4% of their global turnover, which is a hell of a lot of money, potentially, as well as up to £20,000 a day for ongoing contraventions. But the default password thing is only one of the issues. Um, I went to the government's website to find some details on the, this proposal, which is in its very, very early stages yet. Yeah, we're a long way from this becoming any kind of a law. Um, uh, it says it wants to ensure that consumer connectable products such as smart TVs, internet connected cameras and speakers are more secure against cyber attacks. Now that, I suppose, actually does go some way to explain why it thinks that uh, the average household has nine smart devices because actually if you're including connected TVs the majority yeah. of which sold now I believe are internet connected and speakers and things then yes I can I find that more believable actually um, second of three things it wants to require manufacturers and importers and distributors to comply with new, these new security requirements uh, as they relate at least to the, the consumer products, which is very significant because that means it's not just the dodgy company out in the middle of nowhere somewhere selling crap for cheap. It's also going to apply to the people who bring them into the country and sell them to you, which in my uh, head yeah. equate to Amazon being responsible, for instance. For I was going to say, thing. because you're not, you're going to have absolutely no luck enforcing this against the million small Chinese companies that make yeah. um, or, or resell more likely these products from like one Chinese company, maybe. Yeah. And then finally, the third of three things, as far as the consumer stuff goes, it wants to create an enforcement regime. It wants civil and criminal sanctions aimed at preventing insecure products being made being made available in the UK market. So that is pretty significant stuff. It's early days. We're pre-consultation on a lot of this stuff. And any such enforcement, I believe I read earlier, and I'm going off script a bit here, uh, they would expect 12 months after it gained royal assent, which obviously is the very last stage of a uh, of a bill becoming uh, becoming an act. So we're probably a good couple of years away, I would say, on anything like this coming into force. But it gives you a little insight into where the government's thinking. And actually, it makes a lot of sense when you look at some of the devices that it thinks it could target. I'm going to go through the list here. Smartphones, obvious. Connected cameras, TVs and speakers. Connected children's toys and baby monitors. Yeah. Uh, connected safety relevant products such as smoke detectors and door locks. Very smart, I think. Internet of Things base stations and hubs. So that's your things like your Philips Hue hub uh, and, and other ones too. Outdoor leisure products. This includes GPS devices that are not strictly wearable, i.e. it's not a smartwatch, but it might be a tracking device. Uh, connected home automation, alarms, appliances, including washing machines and refrigerators and smart home assistants. That is a very, very large list of of, of things, but also some massive companies responsible for bringing a lot of the most popular ones into the UK. So this will be something that will undoubtedly get pushback from big companies and you can smell the arguments already, I would imagine. So there is that. There is one other thing I wanted to get to because there's quite yeah. a lot of supporting uh, data on this. Um, that I think some of it, some of this came from the government, some of this came from the BBC report. Um, but the BBC wrote, and I remember this, in 2017, hackers had stole data from a casino in the US via an internet-connected fish tank. 
I don't know if you remember oh. that. I remember that. No, I, d- I don't remember that, actually. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen that there are reports of webcams being hijacked and people like be able to chat to family members. Webcams are the worst. And Without question. And that's actually why I said Chinese companies, because it is those cheap little sort of baby monitor cameras and, and you know, home security systems that are very, very well known for having a default password yeah. and username. Um, and the other thing that that was in the BBC story, poor security on a home Wi-Fi router uh, could be behind the uploading of illegal child abuse images from a home network that led police to accusing an innocent couple of the crime, which would be a pretty terrifying thing. Uh, um, yes, to say no the doubt. least. To say the, yeah, I mean, I can't think of much worse to be falsely accused no. of. But um, so all of this is in... in, in um, is in the early stages, as we as we say, but it broadly seems smart, particularly when you look at some of the most popular passwords that people choose to use. Can you do you want to have a guess? Oh, I mean, these are always a horror show, aren't they? Um, You know, password and password one, two, three, four are always at the top. Yeah. Um, Names. I mean, I, 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 I can't think of specific examples, but it's always variations along a, a theme of, you know, my password. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You know, that kind of stuff. It's it's so the, uh, in the top five of, of the most problematic pass, uh, passwords, and this is according to a whole bunch of outlets. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> um, password. Password one. And let me in. And some people in, always yeah. say, also say, oh, in fact, Kate in the chat's just noted this, QWERTY, yeah, which, yep. is, which is one, but often that's not long enough. So QWERTY123 is often one. ABC123 is, is, is another one if you can get away with six characters. Because people like simplistic things. They like basic, well, easy to remember stuff. And just before you get your thought in edgeways, Ian, the reason why I think we have to think very hard about how this will be implemented, this law, this ban, is that if you force companies to to make people set their own passwords it's very likely they'll either disable them altogether or they'll put something that is technically worse than the default because yeah. these devices they never have a password that's one two three four five six they do have one that is at least technically you know a, a garbled number of letters and numbers yeah. they're still easy to crack but well they're not that easy to crack like the ones I, I, I was just going to say, actually, let me just see how many characters there are on my uh, my BT one. Okay. Because uh, it's quite interesting. I mean, so uh, what can I tell you about it? Right. So this is just for the Wi-Fi. I, I've changed this, but I'm not going to read it out anyway. But it's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve characters, and it's uppercase and lowercase letters uh, with digits, but no special characters. But I don't, I don't consider special characters to be much of a, a deal anyway, because they're no more difficult for a computer to guess than a normal character, really. Um, so that would be, that would be okay. I think what I find interesting about this is that also presumably this this is a, a lot about companies that have um, faulty code where they've got a baked in administrative password because it you hear a lot of stories about um, so so that you know that particular example of the um, of the sort of internet cameras it's often the case that you might set your own password when you set it up, but there is still a, I don't want to call it a backdoor because it's probably not intended as that, but there is an administrative account in there that was 
presumably set at some point in the factory and is the same on every single device. Um, and if those get found out, then people have no problem accessing literally every device with that username and password. So that that's a huge problem. So I think aside from default passwords can be decent. Like, for example, I think that that um, that BT whole home is, is probably a, a reasonably good password. Um, but again, obviously, you are you are free to change it. I think the important thing is if you're going to set a default password, then it's probably a good idea to make it really hard for anyone to get around i don't object to the idea of that because as you said the password that they set is probably better than the password you're going to set technically yes i mean because it would be better of two evils yeah it's it's difficult this because i do have a lot of sympathy for people because every single thing in the entire world needs a username and a password now like you can't go on a website without it wanting some information from you and it is it is actually quite boring and tedious having to constantly plug in passwords and remember which one you use and if you're not using the same one which you shouldn't be obviously then you've, you can have a real problem and then obviously you have to have a password manager and then you have well, to have a password for the password manager and that in itself might be problematic so i mean i the my password manager password is incredibly long and complicated and i refuse to use any sort of biometrics for it because what would be the point of that um but well quite again, a lot of you, still, you still have to type that in from time to time when you need to you know use something and it's boring so you put your password manager in the password into the password manager of someone who you trust and vice versa anyway mike I made a good point here i use a password manager and try to get people to use them rather than the same pa- using the same password everywhere which is incredibly smart and it's yeah. and it's and it's true and a password manager is generally agreed upon to be the best way of dealing with what is fundamentally not a brilliant system where i find password managers problematic however is almost always in the specific case of smart devices and router admin pages because they are notoriously bad at um triggering a password manager to autocomplete the correct oh, password yeah. they never have usernames they only ever have a password box and yeah. they're just not good at remembering them and it's a real hassle it, they don't work very well none of the it's ones all, i've used work very probably well probably something to do with the fact that they're not using the password field or something like that so the yeah. browser doesn't see them as a as a proper password they might be using something else um but yeah it's another I have... level of crappiness to the experience which is never yes. good yeah exactly and th- and that and that is a big part of the problem isn't it it's like the the point is i think that we do need a different we do need a different solution to passwords so microsoft uh recently uh made it in, you could that you could get rid of your password if you wanted to so when you were logging into you know office 365 or something like that um passwords were optional and instead you just use two factor authentication well i and do you it know what and do you know what two factor anymore is it yeah go on the crazy thing is is i remember writing about that for business week about four or five years ago when it was just emerging as a thing and that's how long it has taken to get it to become something that can be embedded in something as popular as office and it is still only very very tentatively uh a, a toe in the water if, if you like as far yes. as replacing yeah, yeah. passwords go banks do a lot of interesting things with vocal pattern identification but obviously we then have the twin rise of 
of deep fakes and 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 spoofs which makes that at least trickier uh, yep. to deploy quickly so uh, there's th- things like 3d face scanning are quite good though so uh, microsoft hello apple's face id um those <laughs> are very very hard to overcome they are and you know what i remember i was at i don't know where it was ces or ifa or something and microsoft was doing a live demo on stage of Windows Hello, and they'd got two identical twin girls mm. on stage, and in and live, at least they said it was live, and I had no reason to doubt the way it was done. They got them to set a password, one of them to set a password with their face, just using their face, and then put the other identical twin in front, and it wouldn't unlock. It would only unlock with the with the yeah uh, the correct twin, and that it was it was impressive. Even yeah, because in that controlled it's three D, it's going to yeah. pick up you know all sorts of very minor differences that you wouldn't be visible as a you know when you're looking at someone who's a twin so yeah that makes sense i mean and these are all good solutions but of course they're you know they're they're problematic in their own way because you've got to have a specially compatible camera they're not the simplest devices um it's great if you've got a laptop but it's you know it's not going to help you with your router which doesn't have a camera or any way to connect a camera um so it, it is a big problem and i and i want to one up you a little bit in your memory of four or five years ago you know those little fobs that you get with a rat with a changing number that you know rsa used to use mm. um have been around for decades i remember those when i was in it um, and of course, they have their own problems too, because they can drift out of sync, uh, which causes enormous problems because you won't be able to log in uh, if that happens. Uh, so it, it, it's it's a it's a hard problem to solve. And I like the idea of it. Actually, I've got really nothing to say bad about this as a as a law, because as you pointed out, there are a lot of smart things that probably don't really need to be smart. And by virtue of the fact they are offer a hacker an opportunity to get into your home um and i think the other possibility is that we might start to see devices supported for less time because you know these companies are not going to be able to manage to keep things secure for as long if there's all sorts of restrictions on it like you know you, you might find that your smart home device from five years ago is isn't compliant with this now and they might just say right well, we're not supporting that anymore because it's it's more trouble than it's worth i've just had that with a, a western digital nas they've oh it wasn't a my e- cloud was it yeah yeah exactly they've emailed yeah. to say this is no longer supported in the cloud yeah. you must take it off your network take it off the internet and yeah. use it only locally i'm like well how the hell do you expect me to do that yeah it's I like do you, want, you want me to s- set up another internal network that i can connect to that is only you know, I mean, that's not actually a bad idea, but it's a lot to ask of something that is supposedly secure. It would be good if they could somehow just sever the link to the internet, like, you know, push a code that just removes the internet aspect of it so that it's only accessible internally or something. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, I'm probably just going to leave it there. But I mean, I'll obviously it's it's been disconnected from their cloud. So who knows? But that was because of a security problem, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And the solution is punish your customers. Yeah, exactly. If oh, they are, are going to give us 20% off in January, though. So do Yeah, do to buy another of their own yeah. products. Yeah, exactly. I won't That's do, brilliant. Won't That's like getting that. stabbed in the arm and then someone's saying, well, I'll give you a discount on plasters. No, you can bugger off. That's a stupid <laughs> deal. And I don't use their products anymore for that and many other reasons. The other one being that it didn't work very well. They're not um, great. So, in summary... 
seems like a good idea, fraught with challenges, will be interesting to see the result of, but won't be for some time. If you have any thoughts on this, um, have you ever stabbed somebody in the arm and then charged them for the plaster? Let us know. Uh, any thoughts welcome on all of these topics. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Here's something else that might be good or might be bad. Uh, Twitter is implementing a new plan um, as the social media looks to the future following Jack Dorsey stepping down as CEO. It's changing the rules on posting images to its platform. Uh, the new terms of service will prohibit any images that feature someone where they've not given their consent to appear. Uh, the wide-ranging impact of this, uh, Nate, is that if you've posted a photo of us enjoying a burger together i could report your post exactly and um evidence of my guilt uh, my beef-based gluttony would be suppressed um although obviously that isn't the primary case that they had in mind um what it will do is offer additional protection for some uh, allowing them to have photos that genuinely do invade their privacy removed uh, it means that uh, the downside, of course, to that is that if you happen to sort of snap photos of a racist, say, doing racist things, then they might be able to complain and have those photos removed, you know, erasing evidence of any misdoing. Uh, however, The Verge reports that Twitter is relying on its human moderation team to make the call. Uh, Twitter spokesman uh, Trenton Kennedy, which I, is a fantastically American name, told oh. the site that the moderators will heavily weigh the circumstances of a given post. Uh, he said, we're going to evaluate things in the context in which they're shared. So I would encourage folks not to draw too many conclusions from past instances or hypotheticals. He also explained that images that were available on other sites would probably not be removed. Um, posting other kinds of information is already outlawed. You know, there's been plenty of cases where people have tried to dox, um, you know, someone in a, in a rival. I, I, the thing that springs to mind is Gamergate. That was very famous for people sharing the details of their enemies online. It was ridiculous. Uh, but that is outlawed. So this... Mostly sounds like a good thing, doesn't it, Nate? It does. And I can actually think of an example now that didn't occur to me um, when we decided to talk about this story today. Uh, I don't want to mention a person specifically, so we'll just call him Andrew L. If I know it's a bit too obvious, we'll call him <laughs> A. Langson. Um, where essentially he found <laughs> that if you did a Google search for just the word selfie... Um, oh, one yes. Of, do you remember this? One of the top results was a selfie that he took. And part of the reason why that picture had rocketed up the Google image uh, ranking, and I appreciate this is about Twitter, but bear with me, um, was because he'd written a piece for CNET about how to take a great selfie. Like this was quite a few years ago, many years ago, actually. Oh, many. Um, and so, you know, CNET's an extremely big website, has very good SEO. A lot of people were were looking at it. And so the picture that had been embedded in that CNET article had, had made its way into Google Images, had been very highly ranked and lots of people were using it, which on the face of it, no pun intended, might not sound that terrible until it turns out that a lot of very lazy people and companies had started to obviously just 
download a top image from Google Images and use it in a variety of ways. One of which um, was a, 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 an a was a screenshot of a hypothetical user in an app for. I mean, let's just say a, a very serious disease that you would not want to yes. be ax- un- the, unintentionally it, associated with. Was it like Joey Tribbiani's yes. uh, poster campaign in front? Yeah, like like that. Um, as a hypothetical user with a quote attached to it, deeply problematic. Um, less problematic, but arguably even creepier, was, was apparently people were printing out uh, this photo and using it as a Halloween mask. <laughs> really. And there were pictures of people all in masks of his own face, and and Didn't and know that, and lots and lots of other examples like that, and and people using it on other websites, and it just showed you the power of what happens when a picture you even deliberately post online gets reshared in a different context and 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 goes viral in a way that you are then unable to control. And so Twitter, obviously, is designed around virality of content and things being shared very, very quickly. And if you are someone who ends up being a meme, which is basically what happened with Andy, but, you know, in a different way. I was going to say he's a meme. In a different way. um, It becomes uh, just an incredibly difficult, almost insurmountable and very stressful challenge to just get any company to do something about it, even though... The picture was uploaded by you. It's been reappropriated. And so I feel that having seen that happen in a different circumstance, this kind of system is something that will really, really benefit people who are who are badly affected. And the fact that it has human moderation will slow it down, but hopefully will make it, um, uh, I don't know, um, easier to catch duplicates. When someone identifies it's a problem, you can probably hash an image and just stop that image appearing which i think yeah. would be a good a good thing it would be i think overall i mean actually when you reminded me of um a langson's uh, problem then i remember I, re- I remembered it because i sent him a picture a screenshot of him on an advert and said this is you and i don't know if we'd had the conversation before but it had randomly popped up somehow and i'd be like oh god it's uh, it's andy and then there was there was a huge discussion he was going to seek legal uh recompense wasn't he at one stage for one company yeah. that had used it yeah um so yeah i mean that you know that's just one example i can i can think of a lot of um you know really important things that this will help i mean it will it will help safeguard women online i'm sure um and things like that i think the the downsides to it might be if it's misused but then you know i think uh, perhaps the it, there might be some consideration for journalism given here if, if like you say if twitter's doing this manually uh then they, they may be able to get around the problems of of that by saying well actually this is in the public interest it, it's come from a journalist there's you know there's this 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 and this to back it up um but of course what it does do is it like it's like you said it, it slows it down massively and an enormous amount of dam- damage could be done in the meantime so it, it's uh, overall my feeling towards this is is largely positive although i have seen other people sharing things online that that could um that could cause problems but again you know it's it they are clear in the in the things it you know it won't protect celebrities and things like that who are you know who are considered to be public figures politicians crucially um because you know well a good example of that was um you know disgraced minister matt hancock caught snogging a woman that wasn't his wife in an office during lockdown mm. um you know that would be considered perfectly acceptable he would have no right to um 
ask for that to be removed for example so you know we'll have to see how it shakes out i guess but it certainly feels like it's probably going to give some assurance to people who need it that um they're going to be their complaints will be taken seriously and i just did a little experiment and i went to google and i did a search for selfie and i can confirm that picture in question is nowhere to be seen I did the same. And I wondered, had Andy ever... Oh, sorry, I mean, A. Langson, had he ever um, done a right to be forgotten on it or anything? I honestly don't know. Um, I will actually ask him and find out how that went down. Maybe he could talk about it. Um, As a slight side note, I initially did a selfie, a search on my search engine of choice, Ecosia, for selfie. And I've got to say, the difference in results... In fact, Ian, and indeed everyone listening... I'd encourage you to just go and have a look and just see how different these results where, are. Where you, do I have to go? Go to Ecosia, so E-C-O-S-I-A dot com, and do a search for selfie, and then switch to images. There is a... Plant a at tree least, while I'm doing this, obviously. Yes. Um, there is quite a difference. Let's say on Google's, they are far more diverse. There are many men. <laughs> there are many women. They are of different ethnic <laughs> backgrounds. This is just a collection of really attractive women. <laughs> All I see on the Ecosia one are just basically models of women. They are yeah. all basically selfies. A huge well, sort of, bias I mean, towards women of Asian heritage, well, the, the, I, so I, the I fir- believe, <clears throat> online. The, the second result for me is uh, a picture of a woman in a red dress, um, taking a selfie but it's not actually yeah. a selfie yeah um, i guess we can let that go and some some of them really don't look like selfies to me at all like they look like just like photographs but anyway that's by the by oh, well you can always tell a selfie because people have this hand, hand this thing of looking at themselves when they take it not into the camera lens yeah and it's a rookie mistake that most people do and i pride myself on never doing because i know better than all of these people uh and that's when you can tell it's a genuine selfie and when it's something else why do you think these results are so different? I don't know, but I'll be honest, I've saved quite a few of them. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, 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 only, I only saved one of them. Right. Um, have you had your face appear on a novelty Halloween print-it-yourself, mount-it-to-your-own-face mask? Have you managed to get it scrubbed from the face of the earth via various means? Uh, do let us know if you have a view more generally on this move by Twitter. Obviously, we would very much appreciate that too. You can get in touch with us using hello at uktechshow.com. Here comes some music. Well, I'd like to take a quick moment, as we always do at this part of the show, to just thank our patrons for supporting us directly. I'd like to specifically this week call out Richard Taylor, uh, who frankly has been uh, one of our longest-running supporters and at at one of our highest levels, so thank you, Richard, uh, and all with whom you sail through the world. Um, And if you're also one of our patrons, this is, of course, your extended ad-free version of the show, and you're about to hear this week's third discussion story. 
If you're not a patron yet, though, and have been enjoying Text Message, uh, then for just the price of buying us a coffee or two a month, which isn't that much, uh, you can get access to our full-length ad-free show, listen and chat with us live, as many people are doing right now as we speak, and get our Patreon-exclusive show, Extra Message, every week, which this week, special appearance, as he does once a month now, from Mr. Ian Morris. Oh. And a bang-up job he did, too. Oh, it's very kind. Yes, um, so that's out. Anyway, find out more at patreon.com forward slash UK Tech. We actually, Ian, we actually had an email from uh, another patron, Al, Al Struthers, who said that, oh, yeah. that he, for some reason, ended up on our Patreon page he, and didn't realise that you can get our unedited live recording for not the top tier, for like mm. an extra dollar or something that what he was he was paying. And he said, uh, he said, I thought I'd check and you should probably point it out to other people. So, yeah, I mean, th- this is true because for, for at least for me, I am obviously not a Patreon subscriber because that would be kind of odd. Um, and um, I actually have no idea what you get for the, the tiers, but I guess anyone who was Patreoning would probably know that. Yeah. Well, we banged on about this for long enough. I don't like to go on about it, uh, but patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And thank you to everyone who is supporting us. Well, text message keeps you informed about our goings-on here in the Isles that are British. Um, but Tom Merritt from DailyTechNewsShow.com sent me an email this week with the subject line, my best promo in weeks. Let's check in with why he thinks that. This week on Daily Tech News Show, is Tesla's full self-driving mode better than a teenager who's on one? Allison Sheridan shares her behind the autonomously turning wheel experience. And remember, you can't really say autonomous without saying ominous. Also, we check in to see if Jack Dorsey is okay after quitting his Twitter CEO and changing the name of Square to Block. At least the new name has depth. And Microsoft spent much of the week angering people by adding things to the Edge browser that nobody asked for, but they did a couple things right, including making it easier to switch default browsers in Windows 11. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. He's not wrong. That was a really good promo. It was. To be fair, it was also his only promo in a few weeks, and maybe that's that's the joke. He's had a rest, yeah. Because he was off. And Sarah did one, and yeah. then they had uh, uh, Thanksgiving. So either way, thank you, Tom. Good to have you. Uh, yeah, good to have good. you back. I, I, cha- changing the name from Square to Block, and then changing all the photographs on the site from Squares to Blocks, is without doubt my favourite thing that's ever happened. It is so out of control in its tech bro-ish existence that I it, I just can't even. Yeah. Except you just did. <laughs> well, yes. Marvellous. Um, for anyone who is interested, Ian did an episode of Extra Message that's out now on the Patreon feed. And we we thought we'd take this moment as well just to ask if you've been enjoying the show, give us a review. It'd be lovely. We don't really encourage it very often, but we really do love a review, particularly in iTunes, because that's where the majority of people find podcasts, uh, Apple podcasts, that is, now. Um, but any kind of review wherever you're getting your podcast from would be enormously appreciated as we move into our eighth year of being really? a podcast. Believe it or not. Yeah. Doesn't mean we've done eight years. It is our eighth year beginning yeah, No, I mean, we, we, we definitely haven't because this is number 259. What would we be on if we'd done well, one we, every week for eight well, years? Well, much higher than that, but but even still, yes. we, we haven't done one every week, so... No, no, no. It would yes. be unsustainable. It would be. Much like, I would say, the rest of this podcast. Goodbye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.